Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dimes and Quarters. My name is Ian. My name is Jarrett. And today we'll be talking about multiple different things. First of all, we'll be talking about our mid-season awards. Then we'll be talking about our thoughts on both the Packers and the Vikings. And then we'll be talking about our locks and upsets of the week. So yeah, well, starting with our midseason awards, we're just gonna run through these really quick. My MVP so far, halfway through the season, is Tua Tungavailoa. I think that's because every time Tua has started and played the full game for the Dolphins, they are undefeated. So if he didn't have that con- really bad concussion and then rush onto the field, which wasn't his fault, Dolphins would be top three team right now. My MVP is Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon Barkley is absolutely just carrying the New York Giants. The New York Giants are currently third in the NFC East with a 6-2 and two win-loss record. And Saquon Barkley is putting up Offensive Player of the Year stats. He is going absolutely off, destroying every defense that he goes against. And he gets about 30, 30 attempts a game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their success has been because of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And that's why I put him as my offensive player of the year. Um, I think he's been great. You know, he's been most of their team, but I don't think it's enough for them to be for him to be MVP. This could change towards the end of the year. Um, but if if the Giants were top three team, if they were undefeated or whatever, um, if they didn't have to go up against the Eagles and stuff, I probably would put him at MVP. Yeah, and my offensive player of the year is. Tua Tagovailoa's main weapon, Tyreek Hill. He has been one of the most productive receivers. He is ranked number one as wide receiver in fantasy. His yards after catch is absolutely unbelievable. And he's been stacking up them stats like nothing. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. My Defensive Player of the Year is a little biased, but I think it's the right pick. Zadarius Smith has been an absolute unit for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he leads the league. I think he's the only player, uh, PFF said, that has gotten at least 20% pressures every single game this year. Um, so on uh, all of his rushing attempts, or rushing the quarterback attempts, uh, 20% of those account for pressures and hurry-ups. Um, and he is tied for second with sacks. Uh, I believe he's tied first for tackles for loss. Um, he... Him and Daniil Hunter complement each other so much. They've been the best pass rush duo in the league so far. Um, and I think that makes him MVPs carry the Vikings defense. Without him, they would be bottom of the league. I think they're middle of the pack right now. Um, but Zadarius Smith is my defensive player of the year. Uh, my defensive player of the year is no surprise. He's been winning in the Vegas odds for defensive player of the year for the past season is Mike Parsons. He's been... Basically, he's, he is the best player on the best defense in the NFL. Michael Parsons has been all over that field. I definitely think without Michael Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys defense would not be as good as he is, uh, as they are. He can play edge rusher. He plays linebacker. He plays, again, all over the field. He makes a lot of tackles. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have a lot of the stats. So, like He's not leading in, any, in a lot of stats, but he's, he's like top three in a majority of defensive snap, snaps for his position. So is it Darius Smith. Yeah, but Zedarius Smith is an edge rusher. Yeah, and he's he's better, but he doesn't play for the Cowboys. So, like, <laughs> Michael Parsons plays for the 
Michael Parsons is the reason why the Cowboys have the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, but it's still the Cowboys. Okay. The Cowboys suck. Okay, and? Always. They always will. They never will. Yeah, I know. Good. Uh, yeah, I, it's I, Cowboys. Yeah, I know. Michael Screw Carson. the Cowboys. Screw the Cowboys. Cowgirls. Yes. <laughs> Cowboys suck. Yeah. So Jaden, Micah Parsons sucks. Jaden, I know you're a part of our group, uh, but your, your team sucks. Fantasy and football. Yeah, fantasy and, and, fantasy and, and, your, and your football. Too, yeah. Yep. So my offensive rookie of the year uh, will be Kenneth Walker for the Seattle Seahawks. He's only played a few weeks. Uh, Damian Pierce has been a little better than him, um, but Kenneth Walker has stepped up for Rashad Penny. Right, Rashad Penny? Yeah, um, uh, yeah Rashad Penny. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Penny, uh, season-ending injury. Kenneth Walker was supposedly supposed to be pretty good backup uh, and might have emerged as a starter in Seattle in a few years. But he's emerged as a starter now. He's explosive. He's fast. He's a great addition to that Seattle offense um, when everyone thought they were going to be terrible this year. Him, Geno, uh, DK, Lockett, they all complement each other, and they've uh, put together a nice team. We'll get to watch them in Germany on Sunday. Uh, my offensive rookie of the year is Damian Pierce. It might be because he stat pads on a really bad team who rely on him. But uh, looking at the stats right here, uh, before he started, he started in week three. And week one, he was ranked running back number 54. Week three, he jumped up to running back 10. And he's been consistently up there in those numbers. Um, he, at, he went against the Philadelphia's fantastic defense, ran all over him, 139 yards for 27 attempts. Same thing with uh, the Chargers defense, 131 yards for 14 attempts. He is an absolute monster. We will have to see what Kenneth Walker can do for the rest of the season, but right now, currently, I have Damian Pierce as my Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, so our defensive rookie of the years are both the same, so there's not much debate here. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Undoubtedly the best defensive player in that draft so far. He's already a top he, five corner. Yeah, he has like a 40 passer rating when targeted. Um, he's best corner in his division. He's uh, played out for the Jets um, and showed up when they needed him. So yeah. we can just move on to comeback player of the year here. So my comeback player of the year... Uh, it's got to be Geno Smith. Saquon Barkley is a great candidate, but Geno Smith, uh, career backup, he was done for. Everyone was telling telling the Seattle Seahawks that they were stupid for starting Geno and that they should have started Drew Locke, and he came in, and he's like top five in MVP voting, I'm pretty sure. He's up there, um, and he's played a great year, um, and I think he's just molded this team together. We all knew Saquon Barkley was good. It's just that injury. Geno Smith has never been considered a good player. So, Yeah, I would have Geno Smith as my uh, comeback player of the year, but if I have Saquon Barkley as my MVP, you got to put Saquon Barkley as your comeback player of the year, especially since his past couple years of getting written off because of his injuries. Um, he's come back this year, and, and again, he's been absolutely unstoppable against every defense that he's gone against. So moving on to coach of the year, I have Kevin O'Connell for a lot of reasons. Mike Zimmer had a very, very bad uh, environment. Now that he's fired and all that's coming out, it was very toxic, very hard and not fun. Now you're seeing Kevin O'Connell coming here with almost the same team, a few more additions being added on to, um, but pretty much almost the same team. Completely turning around, 7-1 and one start, best in Minnesota Vikings history for a first-year head coach. 
Um, he completely flips the environment around. You see him on the plane rides back from London, Kirko with his change. They're dancing in the locker room. You see the owner in the locker room after the Commanders game dancing. This team's energy, this team's emotion, this team's passion, it's all flipped around with Kevin O'Connell. He's done a great job. He's a great play caller uh, compared to what we've had in the past couple of years. Um, he gets the ball downfield. He gets us down there. He gets these comebacks when we need them. He's a great coach and a great guy. Um, and he's done a great job this year, so I think he's my coach of the year. Uh, my coach of the year is the Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. Uh, again, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons, is cultural thing, especially with last off season. We had Brian Flores in that whole issue, and it was just a very toxic locker room for the past couple years. And then once they brought in Mike McDaniel, he totally changed the culture of the team. He made Tua Tagovailoa into arguably a top five quarterback in the league. Um, he's brought he's brought uh, the Shanahan scheme to Miami. Shanahan scheme being a very, very successful offense. We've seen it in multiple teams. We've seen it on the, the San Francisco 49ers. We see it with the LA Rams. We see it with um, the Green Bay Packers. The Shanahan scheme is very successful for the offense, and you can see that through Tyreek Hill's production, Jalen Waddle's production, and um, and he's also bringing a lot of San Francisco guys over here, like Jeff Wilson Mostert. and Raheem Mostert, and that offense is just unstoppable. Mm. So we're going to move on to our next segment here. Uh, the down Ian will talk about the downfall of Packers for about two to three minutes, and I will talk about the uprising of the Vikings. I'm super excited about this topic. Okay, so everyone's looking right now at Green Bay saying, what happened? Where did they go wrong? For the past two years with uh, with Matt Lafleur, they went thirteen and three. This year, they are three and five, right? They're three and six. They're three, three and, and five. Six. Three and six. They're three and six. Yeah, three and six. Uh, they only won one game in October, and they've lost every single game every ever since. On paper, the roster looks good. Not really. Defensively, looks good. <laughs> well, Eric's not any, just got not any. And Sean Gary's out for the year. In the beginning of the season, it looked good. Everyone expected them not to go thirteen and three or thirteen and four like they used to do. Maybe eleven and five at worst, mm-hmm. or eleven and six. I forgot there's an. Oh uh, well, I, I wasn't high on them. You know, they 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 didn't have any receivers. They lost yes. to Darius Smith. You know, people didn't think that was a good. People thought it was a good move at the time, but it clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. And. Um, as a Packers fan, I've been studying this team throughout the season, and I have three main pieces to blame. One of them being Aaron Rodgers himself. The other one being the Packers defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. Actually, no, not even Joe Barry. The whole coaching staff, even Matt LaFleur himself. And then, I, and then the third guy is the Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst. For Aaron... Yes, very fitting. Sorry, Mr. Bradbury. Um, okay, for the first one, first topic, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if you watch the games, Aaron Rodgers likes to play hero ball. That's his whole thing, especially in the last... The last game was horrible by Rodgers versus the Detroit Lions as of recording this. Um, he just plays too much hero ball. Like, a lot of teams, they just go with what they have. But with Packers, oh, no, Aaron Rodgers needs to have chemistry with this guy in order for things to happen. Aaron Rodgers also having, he's also being very toxic in this locker room as well. 
So he's not a leader. He he isn't a good leader this year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's not really bringing in that MVP presence that you would expect. Uh, the second one being the whole coaching staff, the play callings everywhere, especially defensively. I hate to watch it every game because every game I'm just say, what happened? What 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 happened? A good example is Week One. We just played prevent defense on the on the Minnesota Vikings the whole time, and Justin Jefferson had how many yards? Two hundred or a hundred like one hundred and eighty, I think. Yeah, one hundred and eighty yards and like two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He went. The Minnesota Vikings and he's offense. He's only scored one touchdown since. Yes. And that one game, just totally ruined our momentum, and a lot of these games, our defense would play really good, but our offense cannot move the ball, and a lot of that is Matt Lafleur. What are these play calls? Especially the Detroit Lions game. You have you have Aaron Rodgers throwing to who? David Bakhtiari. <laughs> the Packers all pro left tackle. Yep. The left tackle. Not a wide receiver. The left tackle. And your two best pieces, because your wide receivers are garbage. Yes. Uh, it's, there's no hiding it. Your two best pieces, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, barely get used. And we don't use them. They don't use him. Mm-hmm. And then the third one being Brian Gutekunst. What are you doing? What are you doing? This past trade deadline. I know Brian Kudekunst, he relies a lot on the draft to build his like to build the team. But we are so down bad for wide receivers right now. You are all the Denver Broncos wanted for Jerry Judy was a second and a fifth round pick or a mid round pick. That is nothing to us. If we're trying to win what this is our last chance with Aaron Rodgers. If we're trying to win right now, go get Jerry Judy. Go fix your contracts to get Brandon Cooks here. Go go fix your contracts to get DJ Moore here. If you really want to win, make some of these moves. It is extremely frustrating. The Packers are not a good football team right now. And they will not be for a while. Yeah. After this year. Yeah. Because of Aaron Rodgers' contract. And the Minnesota Vikings at 7-1 and one keep on rolling. Kirk Cousins um, cares less about stats now. With Kevin O'Connell coming in, he said, screw your stats, we're here to win football games. And that's exactly what he did. We've, we have Kirk Cousins locked down for a few more years. If he continues to play well and continues to win football games, this will be a good football team. Dalvin Cook for more years. Justin Jefferson, it said he doesn't care about money. Hopefully that's true, and he signs on for more years. We got The grills don't say that. The grills <laughs> and the chains do not say that. Well, he got a big rookie contract. I think he cares more about the team, the environment, and less about the money. He's not. He's going to want money. He's not going to want a Devontae Adams record-breaking deal that uh, makes him force a trade and gives a bad look on him. <laughs> Zadarius Smith is locked down for three years or two more years after you're, this year. You're welcome. Thank you for the Packers for paying him. Patrick Peterson said he's not ready to retire yet. He wants to play a few more years. Harrison Smith will probably go with him whenever Patrick Peterson is done. It's probably whenever Harrison Smith is done. Their bond is amazing. Akeeb Evans, or Akeeb Evans, however you say his name, Stepped up from Cam Dantzler. He looks like he's going to be a very solid corner. He's a rookie. Uh, he's going to make his first start against Buffalo. If Cam Dantzler develops like he has been this year uh, and stop and stays on the field, he'll also be a good corner. Andrew Booth has been banged up this year, so he hasn't played well. Lewis Seen out for the year. Hopefully he comes back stronger than ever. This team is young. The offensive line has really stepped up this year. The interior, not so much. 
but Christian Derrissaw is the best player according to PFF. Uh, he's young. He's one of the best left tackles in the game. Ryan, Brian O'Neill is a certified good right tackle. Um, this team is young. It's good. It should be good for a few more years. Don't forget about TJ Hawkinson. And TJ Hawkinson, he uh, has his fifth year contract option, which I'm pretty sure will pick up next year. Uh, and hopefully he, re- he loves his team so much he resigns and stays with us for a while. And he'll be young, certified, good tight end. I'm and sad. That's another thing. Uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa came in here and he was aggressive. He made moves. He didn't care about what the fans thought. He cared about what he thought. He did what was best for the team, and it worked out. He went, and he got TJ Hawkinson at the trade deadline. He went and aggressive. He said, screw them picks. We're getting players. We don't care about our future. We care about winning now. And he secured part of our future while also trying to win now, um, unlike Brian Gutekunt of the Green Bay Packers. Hey, hey, but Jared, you want to you know something? You guys will never win a Super Bowl because you guys are the Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota does not win Super Bowls. But it's different this year. No, it's not. This year's no, different. it's not. No, you, you keep saying that. Keep saying that. Keep telling yourself that. You guys are the Minnesota Vikings. This year feels different, though. Good luck with your... I didn't feel this way um, in 20... 20- 17 or whatever it was, 2017 with Case Keenum. I didn't feel that way. I felt we were good. Um, and that... I almost just said something not appropriate. Eagles game, you know, I, that was a rough night. But I feel something good. Um, the NFC is very winnable. We just got to get through a few tough NFC teams, and there's not a lot of them. Um, good good luck losing in the first round, too. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, sure. Uh, check out the Creative Communications podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and check out a promotional tweet for this certain podcast on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys all for watching. My name is Jarrett. My name is Ian. And have a good week, everybody. Follow Dimes and Quarters on Instagram as well to see more promotional stuff. Anything to do, bud. And our TikTok. Bye-bye.